Hello, you. It's Ricky Wilson here, keeping Graham's chair warm. Thank you for listening to the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. This weekend on the show, Leveson Wood tells me all about his new book, The Art of Exploration, Lessons in Curiosity, Leadership and Getting Things Done. Dave Stewart, one half of Eurythmics, joins me in the studio to talk about his new project, Ebony McQueen. And Tom Grennan zooms in ahead of his Soccer Aid kickabout for UNICEF. Show chef Martha tosses up a salad and bakes a British classic. And guess the guest is back. So, Leveson, how are you doing today? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. Good morning. You found your way here. I did, just about. I bet everyone <laughs> makes that joke, don't they? It's not the first time. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, exploring. Yes. How do you get into it? Uh, wow. Um, I think ever since I was a kid, mm. I've always been... Uh, Desperate to see the big bad world, really. Uh, mm. I grew up in uh, in a little village just in outside of uh, Stoke-on-Trent, cool. and uh, called uh, Forsbrook. Forsbrook. And uh, basically, uh, my, both my parents are teachers, so they encouraged me to very, be very curious. Yeah. And um, so, at the earliest opportunity, I did what a lot of kids do and go on a gap year, yeah. um, and kind of never stopped really. And uh, I was fortunate enough to. Um, to join the parachute regiment. So I was in the Paris for a few years and that uh-huh. obviously gave me lots of, uh, I suppose, skills and uh, and so on to be able to uh, do it with confidence. And um, and yeah, I've been fortunate to travel to over 120 countries. So when you're in the parachute regiment, that's a very organised life. Mm. Um, and then you become an explorer, mm. which I assume is quite a disorganised life. Kind of yes and no. I mean, my, my first love the skills was you travel. learn. The skills you learn, yeah, yeah help you... Um, mm do it uh, you know to, to mitigate the risks to do it mm. in in the safest possible manner because i go to some pretty dodgy countries sometimes um but at the same time you're right you don't have the backup of uh you know the, the whole british army <laughs> yeah so but the skills like you know for example i always keep my wallet in the same pocket and my phone in the same pocket and my keys in the same pocket I suppose you have to do that, but on a bigger scale. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so if I had offered you, when you were like 16, yeah. a billion pounds to stay in Forsbrook for your whole <laughs> life, would you have taken me up on offer? Um, as much as I love my home village, yeah. um, I, I'm afraid not. No, a I, billion quid. <laughs> no, I've, I've had a billion pounds worth of experiences there you go. in my life. That's what it's all about. Um, so where does an explorer go on holiday? Uh Ibiza. <laughs> really, really. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so like when you you're not exploring, you like you go for the kind of all inclusive, just like proper beer uh, yeah. by the pool kind of vibe. I, I have I have done my fair share of that as well. Yeah, okay. No, I so quite it's, like it. it's not always about pushing yourself to the limits. No, especially when you're you know I, you know I, I go away for a six nine months a year often yeah. on expeditions, um, traveling in some you know very remote places with no luxuries or comfort. So mm. it is nice to just come That's, back. Uh, that Ibiza. must be tough. On relationships, can be, can be, because yeah. I'm I'm in a band mm. and I go on tour. Yeah, I usually have Wi-Fi, so yeah. it's okay. But she hates it when I'm away. Yeah. Um, so you must, it must be quite tricky. <laughs> it has been over the years, you know. It's 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 been the source of a few uh, contentions. Let's say. <laughs> it never gets lonely though. You're always the new face in town. Well, there we go. Everyone's happy to see you. Like, but do you have to? Do you, do you do you know any languages, or do you just? Is there a way around that? I picked up a bit of Spanish um, over the years, but yeah. but actually, you know, because I'm I'm kind of always on the move. You know, when I walked the Nile, I travelled. Um, six and a half thousand kilometers on foot and traveling through all these different countries so by the time you've sort of learnt the language you're, you're, you're in the, the next, next place. country yeah so it's the same with me i was in doncaster last night didn't understand <laughs> the word i was saying um so you hear all these things about you know certain uh things you can do like if you put your feet up in mm. a certain country is like really bad manners 
This must be like a... that's I would say more important than the language. It, it's it's right. the sort of some of the little practices, nuances. the nuances, um, and that that's um, as important. So you go to one place, and if you finish your dinner, that's bad Correct. manners. And if you some places, if you don't finish your dinner, that's bad manners. Yes, because <laughs> it's a minefield. It's a there. minefield, literally. <laughs> Well, sometimes, literally. It has been for me, yeah. Uh, so you, um, it's quite dangerous. <laughs> it has its moments. You know, I have um, I was in Ukraine um, mm-hmm. at the start of the war, uh, making a, a dispatches out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Afghanistan several times, Iraq, Syria, Somalia. So, yeah, there, there's been times. But, you know, for me, it's it's about shedding light on some places in the world that, that often only ever get a bad rep. And so it's it's about, for me, I call it the ground truth. It's finding uh, the reality uh, and, and showing those human stories. I think it's important. Yeah. And uh, you've, you've written all this down in a new book. Yeah. I've got it here. It's my lockdown project, this. Lockdown project. It is called The Art of Exploration, Lessons in Curiosity, Leadership and Getting Things Done. Tell us all about it. So... I know it's a book, so you can't... <laughs> well, chapter one. <laughs> it's, uh, it was, you know, really as a result of the lockdown, I suppose. Yeah. You know, I, for the first time in a decade, I had, uh, I was forced to stay still like everybody else. And so I, I tried to use that time wisely by reflecting on some of the lessons that I learned um, over you know, the last sort of 15, 20 years of travelling. And uh, and this is the, the, the result. It's and not just my own personal experiences, but um, fellow explorers, uh, leaders in different fields, whether it's sport, business, um, you know, spiritual leaders. You know, I was lucky to meet the, the Dalai Lama. So it's, really? it's all these different lessons that I picked up along the way uh, from indigenous communities, tribes, and it's the kind of like the collective wisdom. So I've tried to distill that into themes like leadership, like uh, enthusiasm, uh, curiosity, all, all the things that really make up that explorer's mindset. That's good. Lockdown must have been hard for you. It wasn't easy. Yeah, no, it was, it was like I say, it was the first time I'd uh, spent more than about a month in one place. So. Wow, so you have to write a book, you have yeah. to do something, because you've got that, that thing within you that means you've just got to leave, get up and go. Well, there's actually, believe it or not, there's, there's something called the, um, the explorer's gene, the wanderlust gene. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's something that um, scientists are sort of trying to find out a bit more about. There's um, it's kind of a, a gene mutation called DRD47R. Yeah. I hope you're taking notes. science that, yeah, really. <laughs> but it affects about... Fallsbrook. 20... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually, actually a, a thing, thing within you that yeah, makes you yeah. want to explore. And there's about 20% of the population has this, it's this probably why variant. It's probably why we're so successful as a, um, a creature. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's always people out there that want to you know, explore, see beyond the next horizon and um, discover new boundaries. I'm here with Leveson Wood, uh, The Art of Exploration. Um, he's, he's, he's written a book fantastic i can recommend it i haven't actually read it <laughs> I, I just i just got handed it but i've met you now and now i want to read it there you go so there you go I, that's not a bad thing is it no are you, are you annoyed at me no it's not really. like when that guy <laughs> i think most people just buy it and stick it on the shelf yeah it's the... <laughs> well it makes me look good um so yeah it's like that guy he interviewed adele and he hadn't heard the album and he told her and he had to apologize publicly <laughs> so I, this is a public apology i will be reading it um so levison you're also taking the book on tour Correct, yes. I have, awesome. I, I have a list. Uh, it starts in Harrogate, Royal Hall. My mum and dad live in Harrogate. Do they? Yeah. Well, maybe they can come along. I'll get them tickets. I'll get them I'll, tickets. I'll tickets. Really? Yeah. Jeff and Glynn will be pleased. Jeff and Glynn. Um, uh, Newcastle, Kendall, Basingstoke, Portsmouth, Cambridge, Guildford, Buxton. I'm going to do the whole lot. Cheltenham, Yeovil, Yarm, Warrington, Birmingham, Stoke and London, the Cadogan Hall. So, uh, touring like this. Hotels. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> well... As you can probably tell by the some of the places I'm going to, yeah. um, it's you know that it, you know it's a great opportunity to go to places that I probably wouldn't 
find myself going to... You're not uh, going to be exploring the high street. No, probably. I mean, there might be a few places. I this mean, is <laughs> the body shop. It's not as glamorous as people might think. But go, on, go on a tour of Waitrose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is. It, it can be really good fun. What I really love about doing the tour is the, is the Q&A bit at the end. Yeah. When people just can ask me anything they want. That's good. Yeah. Uh, like, what's the weirdest question? Right, here's another one. Billion dollars. Billion pounds. Yeah. I'll give you a billion pounds now, or you've got the ability to speak every language. Ooh. I think every language you could you could earn a billion overnight, couldn't you? Doing that, you say that though. <laughs> you say that though. But I, you know, when I go to France or Spain or something, and you meet someone that like works in a restaurant and they speak perfect English, I always think if I could speak Spanish as well as you speak English, that would be my job. Yeah, maybe. I think we're so lazy, <laughs> so lazy. All right, uh, every language or every instrument be able to play. Ooh, I, you know what? I'm terrible at music. I'm, I'm, I'm I played the uh, the trumpet at school. Uh, you know that was it. Well, you're not you're not known for it now, so it didn't go that well. Uh, but yeah, the tour. Are you excited about it? Meeting the people. Yeah, yeah, the people. no, it is great. Um, and and also, you know, friends, whether that's from uni or whatever, who've spread to the the sort of mm. four winds. Um, you know, catching up with people along the, along the way. And it's, oh, yeah, it's a it's party great. every night. Exactly. Levison's, <laughs> back at Levison's Travel Lodge. Right. Exactly. Um, if I'm lucky. Is the so the world's big, right? Getting smaller. Because of, you know, the internet and stuff mm. like that. Still stuff left to explore, isn't there? There is. You know, places open up, places close down. You know, look, mm-hmm. at, look at Ukraine. Um, and whilst we think the world's getting small because of technology, actually, I think what, what that means is actually there is an opportunity in that for people to to sort of travel in a different way, to in, in a more meaningful way. And I think that's what this book's really about, is like really thinking about what, rather than just going, I mean, you know, nothing wrong with just going on holiday, yeah. but actually going somewhere with a purpose to learn more about the place or yourself. And right. I think that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I think there should be a way to, you know, because I think it's one of the biggest learning experiences, especially as a kid. Definitely, yeah. And I, that's why I think it's ridiculous you can't go like take a few days off school. To go, tra- yeah, you know, you know, I take my hat off to, to the you know parents who take their kids off for six months and brilliant, shove it? them in a backpack and off they go. Wow. Best learning <laughs> traveling. I mean, for me, I mean, I never really left Leeds until I went traveling, and now I've been around the world a few it times. Changes you, doesn't it? Absolutely changes you. Yeah. And like we were saying when that song was playing about how it's weird that all the cultural differences, all the massive changes when you go around the world, you can be in the vi- people are just the same, yeah, and you can relate on. A level that you didn't realise you'd be able to relate on. Massively, right. yeah. No, I, I found that wherever I've gone in the world, that you know, I think with a sense of humour, you can kind of get oh, anywhere, can't you? If someone falls over, even a village <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, we're all laughing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, exactly. I, and, and that's the joy in this: is is finding all those things that that really unite us rather than divide us. And a toilet joke is a toilet joke in any language. Hundred percent. There you go. <laughs> we won't go into that. Uh, Levison Wood: The Art of Exploration, Lessons in Curiosity, Leadership, and Getting Things Done is out now. It is out now, Out yes. now, and you can go and see him somewhere near you, from Harrogate to London, um, get your tickets. Um, and how will you get tickets? Tickets on Just sale a, yeah. now from not for... Oh, not, no Thirds Entertainment no th- or Ticketmaster Ticketmaster or wherever you want to go. Yeah, Google him. Yes. You'll find him on Google Earth somewhere, probably up the <laughs> Nile. Thank you very much, Levison. Thanks, Ricky. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Ricky Wilson on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. How are you doing, Dave? Uh, reasonably well. I was up quite late last night. Mm-hmm. Tell us more. Seeing the Killers and Sam Fender, both were brilliant. They they know how to put on a show, don't they? The Killers. Oh yeah, it was a full on. Yeah, did some great, uh, great front. Yeah, front some of his, 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 his too good. 
Too good for my liking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did some of my earliest touring with the Killers. All right. And they were terrific guys and uh, very generous with their words and time with us. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Thank Amazing for. drummer as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie. Ronnie, Ronnie, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, let's, uh, you know, we could talk all day about your past glories, <laughs> but we're here specifically to talk about your new record. Yeah, I'll just take my jacket off which is a bit noisy he's got a t-shirt on underneath guys don't worry yeah um so your new record ebony mcqueen yeah uh it's fantastic thank you very much i uh make a a, a point of listening to a record three times before i interview someone about it mm-hmm. you put a lot of tracks on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it probably took you about three weeks right <laughs> but it's incredible it does everything i want an album to do i can really invest in it and i did feel invested Every time I listened to it and kept opening up more. It's very, te- it's technical or it's playful. I loved it. Um, mm. Got a bit of a, I suppose you could call it, um, uh, what do you call those, like a, a thingy album, a concept record. Yeah, uh, well, it is in, in a way. It's going to be a movie made up in my hometown mm-hmm. in Sunderland, of which about 10 songs will uh, be in the movie because it's a movie and a musical, which will then end up on the theatre. But the thing is, uh, obviously, there's 23 songs on there, which, if you were to put them all in a movie, the movie would be about seven hours long. But um, the others are still extended stories from, you know, all sort of born out of my teenage years. And why it's so eclectic is, imagine being, like, 14, 1966, and... In 19, I started to learn the guitar, and 1967, Sergeant Peppers comes out. Yeah. And the radio was just full of, you know, the Kinks, the Stones, the Beatles, the Who. So it was kind of mind-blowing as I was just in my house on my own uh, with a broken knee with a guitar. And uh, I wasn't interested in music before that. I just wanted to play football yeah. for Sunderland, but every kid did. And um, From Sunderland? From Sunderland, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously not from Newcastle. And, um, yeah, so I started to learn the guitar in the kitchen, just, you know, playing notes, trying to work out the melodies. But what I was listening to, in retrospect, I realised was some of the greatest songs that have lasted the longest time, you know, from the Beatles and all the bands, actually, at the time. Well, you have uh, done something very clever, because it is a concept album. It does span 23 tracks, is it? 23 tracks, um, yeah. But it's like the songs uh, uh, capture that kind of pop um, singleness of them. Because I was listening, don't get me wrong, don't think this is, this is a positive thing. Mm. I thought it sounded a bit like if the monkeys had made the wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very good analogy. Uh, because, yes... Um, what happened was, you see, between you know learning the guitar and getting to be 16 in 1968, by 1971, mm. of course, everything had changed. In 71, Hunky Dory came out and um, Transformer by Lou Reed, but also Neil Young's, you know, um, Harvest. But in the middle of all that, Pink Floyd mm-hmm. and Psychedelia, Amagumma and all these albums. So, yeah, I'll be down in London by the time I was like 18 and 19, lying on the floor with friends listening to Pink Floyd psychedelic music. So I in, infused the record with yeah. some of that as well. And then some really upbeat, as you say, monkeys-type yeah. pop songs because that was also coming out of the radio, you know? Yeah, well, you can't, you know, you've got one foot 
firmly in that kind of pop sensibility sensibilities camp, which I really love. Mm-hmm. And it, and that does translate really well to making it into a musical. And when you wrote it, we started writing it, did you, uh, you know, map it out and did you have to fill in some gaps to fill in the holes in the story? Exactly. Well, I was working with a, a guy who went up to meet a chap uh, called Lorne Campbell, who mm. was the head of creative director of Northern Stage, um, and he's now creative director of uh, Welsh National Theatre. So because he was up in, you know, the north for five years, um, I worked with him and we bashed out my story mm. and started to find the the places where the music would come in. For instance, um, you know, in the story, not only does my character fall in love with music, falls in love with the girl next door, and he doesn't realise that she likes him, but when he does, he comes out of that her little shop and starts singing a song called Walking on Thin Air. Mm. And the thing is, it's in the movie, he keeps thinking everything that's happening around him is real. And this particular scene, for instance, he thinks everybody starts dancing in the street to his song because he's feeling like that. Yeah. And then he gets hit, on the, yeah, he <laughs> gets hit on the head with a soggy football that he's made. <laughs> and he, he's made, oh, do you want to play a footy? There's nothing like, worse than a soggy football on your thighs. Yeah, that's yeah. the worst. And it sort of knocks him back into reality, and this kind of thing keeps happening. But there's a there's a song which is the title song where the whole town starts singing about this blues voodoo queen who appears to him when he listens. The first record he puts on, I'm talking about myself, but the character, yeah. is this old blues record that Cousin has sent from Memphis, and it's uh, Robert Johnson, King of the Delta Blues Singers, which sounded so alien in Sunderland, you know, with grey slate sky. And uh, looking out the window and hearing this whining, sort of amazing, voodoo-y kind of sound, I went into a kind of trance, and in the movie, I changed it into a woman called Ebony McQueen, a blues, a bit like Sister Rosetta Tharp type character. Well, it wouldn't be Dave Stewart without a muse. <laughs> I always exactly. feel like like you do that every project you do you have a muse mm-hmm. and it's 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 really interesting. Do you think you always need a muse when you go into doing anything? Do you think that's your catalyst, um, your spark? Well, I I think there's two things that um, you know I don't think you find music. I think music finds you. Mm-hmm. Right, you got to be open to it. You got to be open to it. And in for some reason in my life, um, same time I have a very strong sort of um, empathy or whatever you want to call it with uh, female artists, singers and it, I just my world just landed like that so um, I, uh, I brought one into the film Yeah, but she's like you know from 1930s sort of Delta Blues voodoo queen who I'm also obsessed with that it's, music. It's weird because I, 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 I did a stint of a, as a judge on a TV show called mm. The Voice. And mm. um, when I did that, um, I only turned for female voices mm. because I think it was the male ones. I thought, well, I can do that. <laughs> but I can't yeah. do what they were doing. So It's like Ryan Tedder. I, I created a show called uh, Songland on NBC uh-huh. in America. And Ryan Tedder is one of the kind of judges, you know, the mm-hmm. mentors. And he can sing. Yeah, yeah, and so he, okay, I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, he always had a hard time when a male singer came on, but he was very respectful to them. But it's, then hard, it's, hard, it's hard to invest in what they're singing emotionally for me. I don't know why. Yeah, they have he, to do something very special. Yeah, um, 
It's interesting because, you know, I like a lot of male singers that are not really singers. You know, my favorite artists in male singers are not, well, they're songwriters mm. like Bob Dylan, Leonard mm -hmm. Cohen, Lou yeah. Reed. They're sort of just spilling out these amazing lines that come one after the other. And um, it's, they come up trumps every time. Yeah. But when you analyze what they're doing, they are actually really good singers because the phrasing and all of the little twists and turns that they do and when they deliver the line, you know, the last line like tangled up in blue or whatever it is, uh -huh. it's like storytelling. So, you know, now I, I live between Nashville and uh, this tiny half mile by three mile island that I've built a studio complex. And in Nashville, you see it, they're just obsessed with storytelling and they always have been. So um, it's interesting when you're listening, going back through, you know, early country music and and actually to the Johnny Cash stories or Whale and Jennings or all these amazing sort of characters. I mean, they're sort of like carved in stone almost. Well, uh, we're going to hear about one of your characters. I'm going to play Ebony McQueen now. Well, um, Ebony McQueen, let me just talk a little about it first because you see, this song is about the, the main character I told mm -hmm. you about, the blues voodoo woman, but it's not from her perspective it's from it's the end of the movie and the whole town is singing about it like now it's very so surreal as you can imagine but you know on this album i'm singing and um the whole album is just this album that isn't the cast album it it's me mm -hmm. here are the songs and then in the movie there'll be a cast album and on the theater obviously it'll be another cast so and it really captures that kind of Anything can happenness of youth. Uh, yes, um, it's. I think it's just about every influence I ever had, crammed <laughs> into you know at that period. Yeah. On the radio, because see, my dad, he only listened to Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals and sort of big orchestrations like yeah. that. So, uh, it's all in the story of the actual uh, film. But uh, so what I did was on this song, I tried to capture that feeling of hearing this pop. Beatley type radio at the time, but yeah. also my dad's playing this sort of Rogers and Hammerstein well, it does it, specific it, kind it, of music. It does it perfectly. What is like most impressive is it's like it uses nostalgia as a tool, mm -hmm. not as a crutch, because it's so easy to like, for, like use things that you know will tickle people in the right way. But yeah. you're kind of like doing it not to rely on it. You're doing it because you're actually going for the jugular. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah. Well, it is the sort of last, as I said, the last song in the movie. It's the big epic scene like if you imagine on a stage musical or whatever it's everybody the whole ensemble cast or whatever singing it because they've realized that the, the this lady by arriving and sort of understanding that this town and this particular boy has the blues yeah. when she first arrives she's like what am i doing in sunderland <laughs> but the boy's like what the hell are you doing here um but to see blues is the basis of just about all modern yeah you know contemporary music pop music whatever it doesn't matter if it's nirvana or sweet dreams see sweet dreams is a blues song um you know if i played just a guitar of that you could actually say oh i understand this is going through a very sort of melancholy blues chords hardly any changes if you analyze early blues players they don't really change chords a lot. 
they just stay on this one or two chords and they repeat a thing over and over, you know, until yeah. it becomes like a mantra because they were trying to sort of ease the terrible sort of pain of being slaves and being, you know, forced to work all day in the cotton fields and so forth. So it was a, a kind of way of soothing their, their woes. And um, and that's what Sweet Dreams is, in a way. But it still speaks to anyone wherever you're from, because it's, you know, you're from Sunderland, mm -hmm. and you'll always have that. And even now, when you live, you know, you've got Nashville, you live mm. in the sunny places, you've still got that rich seam of where you're from to, to mine whenever oh, yeah. you need it. It's always there, right? Like an yeah, old friend. Yeah, I mean, you know, the North Sea, mm. horizontal cold winds blowing over from uh, Norway and Sweden, uh, rain, you know, um, dark, you know, clouds, grey skies, and then all of these people that have, like, heart of gold, <laughs> sort of struggling away, close the ship, you know, building, close the mines, hardly any employment, people struggling, struggling to get by. And um, in amongst that, if you're a sort of very sensitive person and artistic in any way, you can't help but feel all of that, right? Mm. So, but the word blues is just a way of, you know, calling that feeling. So that's what the whole movie's about. It's like capturing the essence of that and how can, that can lead a way out, you know? Well, it's a marvellous record, and Thank I can't you. wait to see the movie, and I can't wait to see the musical. Um, I love so the much. record. At the front cover, it's just you against... It's your dad's brick wall, right? Yeah, it's, it's actually Tyler, uh, who works with me, sitting out there. I said, oh, look, this is where I used to live when I was a kid. You know, it's my dad's house. And I said... Oh, take a picture with your phone against the wall. And that's the front cover. And she did. I looked at it and I went, no, oh, that should be the cover, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's weird because it's such a drab picture. I know it's got you in it, so it's lit up. Yeah, obviously. even more obviously. drab than me. <laughs> but um, it, it, and, and then the music starts and it feels, it's a burst of technical. Right? It's a clever, well, clever idea yeah. to have that as a cover. It's the way, I mean, obviously it's led me all the way here. Mm. So um, it works, but it could, needn't be music. It can be anything that, is you know captures your spirit but as you said earlier you've got to be open to it you do and um i'm going to hear an old one from you now thank you very much for coming in i can't recommend the album highly enough thank get you. it listen to it three times it gets better every time thank you dave still thank to come we give guests the guest to go and we hear from tom grennan about next week's soccer aid for unicef but first let's cross to the kitchen and catch up with show chef martha hey martha Hello. how are you today i am very well thank you how are you i'm all right i need waking up well i've got the I've got the right thing for you. For what, that. A, what, 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 what have you got today, Martha? So it's something savoury. It's mm. something fresh and it's got a lot of chilli in it. So it will definitely wake up the taste buds. This is a, um, a grilled jerk chicken and pineapple salad. Ooh. Yes, it's in a Waitrose feature um, kind of celebrating culture. It's from the Caribbean and it is perfect for a street party. If you're having a street party today or tomorrow. Yes, that is a good point. Perfect. Breakfast jerk. <laughs> That's what I like. Yeah, 11.30 jerk chicken. <laughs> I'm lucky. We're, I live near Finsbury Park. We've got a, a lot of good jerk places, Ooh. but we also have a waitress. <laughs> now you've got the, the choice of both. So I can I can, <laughs> I can, can smash this out this afternoon if oh, I wanted to. For sure, for sure. It's a really lovely, simple recipe with loads of flavour and it's so colourful. It's got radishes on top, chilies. It's got kind of grilled pineapple, orange segments. It's all going on. <laughs> You you had me a joke. Hey, Martha. Yes. You know when you're cooking for people, mm -hmm. do you have to watch them eat it in front of you all the time? <laughs> I mean, usually. Yeah. 
That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's the the pressure is always is always. Yeah. There, well, there was I a bit of a mo- there, was, there was a bit of a moment, <laughs> and I thought to myself, this must be it's, it's weird for me. It must be weird for her. Yeah, and if you didn't like it, you know, I just have to sit here. Yeah, I don't really like eating in front of people either. Oh, sorry. Well, thank you for no, it's fine. <laughs> making an exception this morning. When I, was, when I was a teacher, I used to have a special place in a stairwell that I'd go and eat lunch on my own. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I think that's my problem, not yours, Martha. <laughs> now, Martha, um, it was incredible. Oh, thank you. It is incredible. You've said I can keep it with me. Yeah, oh, the whole plate's yours. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so uh, tell us all about it then. How, how would I go about this? So, Surely this... there's a lot of marinating. <laughs> there is a little bit of marinating, okay. but it, not for too long, thankfully. Okay, that's good. Because, um, you know, when things say, you know, 48 hours or something, yeah. how am I going to know I want it in 48 hours? And you've got to be extremely prepared for some of these recipes. Yeah. But this isn't one of them, so good. that's good. a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a Riaz Phillips recipe, um, and we're going to start with the chicken. Yeah. So you take your chicken breasts, we're going to slice some little slits into the top so that the marinade can soak in and they'll cook a little bit quicker right and for the marinade we're mixing together some jerk seasoning mm. black pepper a bit of ground ginger some garlic granules olive oil and a little bit of honey uh-huh. that all gets mixed together with the chicken and then it says kind of up to 30 minutes so stick it in a bowl whilst you're preparing the rest of your salad or the rest of your barbecue yeah. that can be marinating we're going to chop up a pineapple into slices and then stick that either in a frying pan or on a griddle pan ideally so you get those lovely lines on yeah, it yeah i've got one of them but i don't like cleaning it Yes, I don't actually have any tips for cleaning griddle pans. Mm-hmm. They are just a nightmare. But yeah. if you get a good quality one, the non-stick yeah. should stick should save you <laughs> some okay. back-breaking washing up. Yeah, mine's too heavy as well. Yeah, they are pretty. They can be pretty heavy. <laughs> if anyone's got a good suggestion for a great griddle pan, yeah, please well, send it our way. <laughs> yeah, I want a light, cleanable griddle pan. Yeah, because it does look so lovely when you get the lines on chicken oh, or on yeah. pineapple. It adds so much life to the salad, and you get that little bitterness from the char as I well. I just do that with hair straighteners. <laughs> <laughs> That's a food styling hack. <laughs> or stick it on the barbecue. Oh, of course. Self-cleaning. Okay. <laughs> so you do that, and then what? So your chicken and your pineapple have been both on the griddle, mm-hmm. and then we're going to mix together the salad. So it's red onion and uh, pointed... Sorry, red cabbage mm-hmm. and pointed spring cabbage chopped up really finely. Okay. That's the, kind of the bulk of the salad. Then we're putting in some salad onions, some orange segments, and some avocado. Give that all a little toss, and then make your dressing, which is orange juice, a bit of cider vinegar, some zest of an orange, and a bit more honey. Toss it all together. You can chuck in any other vegetables you fancy, to be honest. The, the kind of definition of this salad is about colour. So colour. you've got red peppers, anything else you fancied, carrots. It just looks beautiful. And then it's got a little bit of fresh chilli, some radishes and some sesame seeds on top. I'm a, I'm a recent convert to cider vinegar. Oh, it's people the, drink it neat. Do they? Yeah. Well, I might start. That would wake you up in the I morning. I think it's the king of vinegars. <laughs> it's good, isn't it's it? It's very good. Very, uh, like, universal. Yes. You can use it for anything. Yeah, really good in a salad. So that's the salad. Then you want to serve it up for a barbecue. Yeah. Take it to your street party. Have it for lunch. It's a good one. It's, well, it's so colourful. It's a real centrepiece. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is a real centrepiece. That's what chefs would say. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not a chef. But I, I know you now. So I can say these <laughs> things with pleasure. Thank you very much for coming in. It needs the avocado, doesn't it? Yes. It's quite hot. It is quite hot. I like that, like heat. You can leave off the red chilies on the top if you're not keen on the... It's really pet me up. This Good. next this next um, segment of the show is going to be wide awake. <laughs> I had um, I had an energy drink. I won't give the name away. Yesterday, I haven't calmed down. <laughs> I'm, get, going. I'm getting too old for energy drinks. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you very much, Martha. You're uh, tell us what it was again. Uh, so it is a jerk chicken and pineapple salad, and I'm back tomorrow with something else for your street party or just to celebrate.
Summer. And uh, the recipe is on Instagram? Yeah, recipe is on Instagram or it's on the Waitrose website. Um, I think it's waitrose.com slash show chef and you can find all the recipes that we talk about. I'm, I'm almost positive it is. And our Instagram is something to do with Virgin Radio, I, I assume. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's, <laughs> and all everything, ingredients all invaded. Oh, I'll start again. All the ingredients are available at Waitrose. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. That's all we needed to know. Thank you very much, Martha. You're welcome. Thank you. Ricky Wilson on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. How are you doing, Martha? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. How was yesterday? Yes, it was very nice, thank you. Felt yeah. very jubilant. It was. The weather held up. Yes. And we were saying, we, I even got the cushions out for the garden furniture. That's we, momentous. It is momentous, isn't it? <laughs> and I've really got it down now because I can get them from the shed to the garden furniture in two trips. Okay. Yeah. It used, to ta- it, used, it used to take me three trips. <laughs> but now, with a struggle... A fine art. When, yeah. the, when you see the rain coming. <laughs> yeah, I can do it in two trips. Um, so, yeah, last year was, yesterday was brilliant. We all um, ate. There was no lunch or dinner yesterday. It was just a rolling buffet. Ooh. I like that, though. Yeah, that's it, a good day. Constantly happening. Father-in-law on the barbecue. Uh, drizzle cake made by Lorraine. Lovely. But today we have something sweet, don't we? Yes, something sweet and rather large. So this yeah, is... I can see it. It's a giant jam tart. Yay! <laughs> There's not much else to say about it, but it is. It's a jam tart. I've made it supersized and I've put a Union Jack on the top. I noticed that. <laughs> well, kind of a Union Jack. Yeah, it's yeah. obviously pastry coloured, not Union Jack. You don't get many blue foods, do you? Yeah, I feel like, especially after it had been in the oven, I could have coloured the pastry blue, but then after the baking, I think it would have been a bit of a grey kind of... Is that... (laughs) Yeah. Is that why chef's plasters are blue? Yeah, so that you don't look, so if they ended up in the pastry, because you, you don't <laughs> you find you, it, you don't get anything that colour blue. Yeah, you'd spot it. You go, oh, there you go. Don't want to be munching down on that, but hopefully and, and, there'll be none of those. Unless you're having one of them raspberry slushes, which are yeah, blue. Yeah, naturally blue. So you know, look out for plasters in your raspberry. <laughs> slush. The older I get, Martha. Uh, the more I like sweet things, which is in reverse, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of people start as a kid just loving the sugar and then they wean themselves off. <laughs> I used to, me and my brother used to share a pack of fruit pastels when I was younger and uh, it was only recently I found out there's orange ones because oh. he used to split them evenly. He'd give me the yellow and greens and oh. he'd have the black and reds. Oh, you got a bad deal there. But then he never, he never mentioned <laughs> the orange ones, so he was snaffling them away. God, he had the the red ones and the black ones. I know. Those are the two best ones. They've started making them just as a pack now. Oh, so, that's... back to this. <laughs> this is basically a big red fruit pastel. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, how do you make this and what's in it? Jam. So, it's it's essentially like making a regular jam tart. Yeah. Um, we're making a pastry and the pastry has got soft cheese in it as well as oh, butter. Oh, no, I'm allergic to cheese. <laughs> Spit it out. I will. <laughs> um, it's got soft cheese, butter, and plain flour. It just makes the pastry a little bit more forgiving. Mm-hmm. If you have kids or you're worried that your pastry's going to crumble apart, it makes it a little bit kind of uh, easier to hold the shape, and that means your jam isn't going to leak in the oven, which is really good. Right. Oh, cleaning hot jam off the bottom of oh, an oven. We've all been there. You don't want to be doing that. No. <laughs> Especially not on your bank holiday weekend. Um, so we're going to make your pastry, stick it in the fridge to chill, and then it actually has homemade jam in the middle of it. So right. we're taking lots of lovely Waitrose raspberries, put them in a big pan with some sugar, mm-hmm. a little bit of lime zest, bringing that up to temperature, letting it bubble for five minutes, yep. and then that is your jam ready. And because you're not spreading it on toast, it doesn't matter if it's a little bit too runny or a little bit set, you can just take your jam how you like your jam. But if you don't want to make your own jam, you can yep. use ready-made jam. You need a kilogram of jam. Uh, that's a lot of jam. <laughs> of jam. That's a hell of a lot of it's jam. A big jam tart. Big. It is, yeah, I suppose. Or you could use marmalade. I feel like that's the... 
after last night's oh, Paddington moment. That, that would be the thing to it? do. So, um, how could all this you're telling me how to do it? <laughs> But how can I read that written down? So you can read it written down on the waitress website. Once you've made your jam and your pastry, you roll out your pastry, blind bake it, put your jam inside the case, and then you make a design. So I've done a Union Jack design. Yeah, I I noticed. But you could do hearts or stars or basically whatever. You could write a message, all sorts. I love it. Thank you very much for coming in (laughs) and making this jam. And also it's available at Waitrose, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, Well, actually not the tart itself. No, yeah, no, the, 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 the makings of a tart. <laughs> you just made my job 1,500 times harder if I'm making this for every waitress. <laughs> right. OK, well, we'll get you on that all week. Thank you, Martha. You're no, back again you. next week, are you, for Graham? Uh, I'm actually on holiday next week. Ooh, anywhere nice. Uh, I'm going to Greece. Are you? <laughs> I am, yeah. Is that like a, a food holiday or is it just a holiday holiday? It's family holiday, but I'm assuming there'll be a lot of food. OK, well. It's going to be wonderful. Have a lovely anyway, time, Martha. Thank you. I'll see you in two weeks. See you soon. I won't, but see, the listeners will. Well, <laughs> Here. See you later, love. Ricky Wilson on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. On the line, I have. Come in, Tom Grennan. Are you there, Tom? My brother. How oh, are you doing? Thank God you're there. How are you doing today? Very well. How are you? Now I'm pretty good, yeah. It's been a lovely weekend. Uh done a gig and I've done two days of this. So working, yeah, but busy earning, but having a good time doing it. Is that how you feel at the Mate. moment? Do you know, I'd had a hometown show last night and Ooh. it was absolutely unreal. What are you doing up? Have you been to bed? Yeah, I've been to bed, but <laughs> I'm up because I need to talk to you. Oh, of course. And I'm going straight back to bed after. Good. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry to keep me from the bed because there's nothing quite like that oh, bed, is there? Um, so hometown gigs, lovely, aren't they? But the guest list situation is horrific, isn't it? Oh, it was unreal. Yeah. It was about 100 people yeah. and that is no, no lie. It was crazy. When we play Leeds, we have to we have to hire someone else just to do the guest list, just to sort it out. Turn my, I had to turn my phone off in the end. It was just it was a lot. It's it mental, isn't it? Where, where did you play in your hometown? Bedford, uh, Bedford Park. Right. Where, yeah, it was it was so good, man. It was do you get, so good. You know, you, t- you said you turn your phone off. Do you get calls like from someone and they're going, "Hi, t- Tom, I'm stood at gate B talking to a man with a moustache and he doesn't know where oh. I'm supposed to be," and you're like going. Yeah, I, I got a car in here, and I'll leave by a car. I don't know where Gate B is. Listen, I've had Gate B, Gate C, Gate D, all of them. <laughs> but I just, like I said, I had to turn it off and just crack on. But honestly, it was the best show I've uh, yeah. probably done in my life. It was unreal. Brilliant. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. Because you, you are doing really, really well. And you are one of my favourites, because I like your style of kind of personal pop. You make this great music, but you always like have a twist on it that makes it really personal. And I Thank like that. You, and it's 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 brilliant because I, it's like you figured out that the more like um, specific you are about yourself, the more universal mm. appeal it has. You'd think it'd be the opposite way around, but you've tapped into that. And I know you're talking about you and your experiences, but it kind of rings true for me. Is it something you did consciously or is it just something you just you, you, you just do? No, I just think I, I think I do it just, that's my normal self. Do you know what I mean? I think I've done that all my life, really. Yeah just kind of been me and and it's kind of just went that way do you know what I mean well you can't it's, fake authenticity can you and uh, you, I you, don't think you can no you can't, I don't no. think you can in fact I was uh, I was listening to uh, one of your albums Evering Red one uh, and I got really jealous of one line and I'd rarely get jealous but there was one um, the throw kisses then punches flowers then um, 
Uh, oh Stan's, yeah, that's from Sweeter Then, right? I don't know what it's from, but I I, I remember stopping. I was walking down the street. I remember stopping and going, "You blooming!" <laughs> that's a good one, Tom. So yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan. I really like, uh, and I like seeing you live as well because the live part is a big part of it for you, isn't it? You really throw yourself into it. Definitely, I feel like me live is is a different is a different kettle of fish. Really, I feel like that's where I'm most at home and where I feel like most me do you know what i mean mm. um is when i'm doing it live and i don't know i give it all when i'm doing it live and and i feel like when it's when it's me on the stage and and, and i've got the energy off the people it's it's, it's mind blowing it's different do you know what i mean can't do, really explain does it, it does not. it does it scare you does it still scare you no it doesn't no. scare me it, i'm excited every time i i get on stage it's it's amazing does anything scare you tom yeah, the dark. The dark. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's all right. You've got to just turn the light on. Um, actually, no, my um, my wife worked on a video years ago with you and it was the chase, Chasing Status one where you had to get in a grave and she said you weren't happy. I know. My mum still ain't <laughs> happy about that either. <laughs> she said he didn't want to do it. She told me this. I said, I'm interviewing Tom tomorrow. She goes, he, he didn't like doing that. That was the one thing he didn't like doing. So just avoid the grave and you'll be all right. You'll have a long career. 100%. Um, <laughs> next weekend is a big one. You better get an early night next Saturday because it's a big football match, soccer aid for UNICEF. Tell us about that and how you got involved. Yes, mate. Well, last year I played soccer aid for the first time and it was probably up there with one of the best experiences of my life. Mm. Um, obviously, the football and playing with some of my heroes was unreal, but we raised 13 million for, for UNICEF. It's a um, day's work, isn't it? That's good. Listen, it was, for me, probably the best thing I've ever been involved with and such an honour to be a part of and something that I'm proud of. Do you know what I mean? So you're doing, um, you're doing it again, right? And it's like, again, you know, yeah. loads of people do amazing stuff for charity and they, but like a game of football is right up your street, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of football. Always have been. And I played a lot when I was young. Um, yeah, I heard that. I heard that you like were pretty good. Uh, did you uh, play for Luton? I was all right. You... I was all right. I was all right. Did you, but, um, but, but, you know, thankfully the world of music can uh, be grateful for the fact that you got an injury and you had to, you had to start singing. <laughs> we always blame it on the old knee, don't we? Well. Everybody failed, failed footballers always blame it on the knee. But no, listen, it was, it was the best experience that I've probably had. And to be involved again is unreal. And it's at uh, West Ham Stadium, the Olympic Stadium. Mm. And... I'm buzzing, man. I'm I bet buzzing. You are. I'm. I was, I was played. I played for rest of the world last year, England this year. Oh, so yeah. I'll get the best of both worlds. And and like who's said, uh, who's 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 gonna be playing with you? Uh, this year, I'm, like I said, I'm on England. So Jamie Carragher, Gary Neville, um, I think Rooney. Yeah. I'm not too sure who's playing at the moment, but I know them. That Carragher, Neville, yeah. are playing. I know that. Roberto Carlos is playing again. Mo Farah's um, on. Mo Farah. Yeah, Mo Farah. Exactly. It'll bring his toothbrush with him. I've seen that advert. Always confuses me. <laughs> in, in that Definitely, advert, it yeah. said uh, they wanted to change in brushing, but it ended up changing everything. And it hasn't changed my life. It you know, changes yeah. the five minutes of brushing my teeth in the morning. Uh, so it's going to um, be a great day. Uh, would you recommend, right, I'm not the best footballer in the world, but you, would you recommend it to me to get involved in it? Definitely, man. Definitely, like... 
don't know why you're not involved. In I'm it, just a bit scared. Fair. I'm scared of the banter, to be honest, because I'm not that good at like that changing room stuff. Does that go on behind the scenes? Is there like, is it a bit, you know? Yeah, on? a little bit, a little bit. It's football banter. Do you know what I mean? It's funny, but listen, you'll fit in. I know you will. So yeah, I don't want like, know, you know. I know you've got it in the, I've got, you know, you've got it in the. I don't part. want like Ollie Murs putting something in my tea and everyone laughing at me. No, you'd never do that. You'd never do that. <laughs> you don't know Ollie. He's a prankster. <laughs> He's a prankster. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, you're playing next next um, next Sunday. It's going to be a great day. Hopefully, you'll get loads more money for charity. UNICEF, fantastic. Uh, you're being mar- managed by Harry Redknapp, right? I am. I am, uh, wow. Mr. Redknapp. He's like Del Boy. He's got stories for days. So I'm looking forward to seeing him again. And uh... I bet you're in your element, aren't you? Yeah, it's just unreal. Can't really believe it, but it's happening, and I'm, 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 I'm here for it. Do you know what I mean? Have you got Always. a Have you got a score predic- prediction? Uh, I'm gonna say two one England. Two one England. Are you gonna score? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll come see. on, yeah, you'll score. We'll see. I don't want to jinx it. Make it happen. Manifest it. Spend the whole week. Jinx it. All right, Tom. I'm gonna let you go back to bed. This will all be a beautiful dream, and you'll wake up and it'll never have happened. But you've nice uh, one. Love thank you. Man. But you've spoken soon. about soccer aid for UNICEF. Tune in next Sunday. It's gonna be a blast. Thank you very much, Thomas. Legend, mate. Nice Lots of love, mate. Bye. Guess what? It's competition time. Do do guess. Guess it. Guess that guest. Oh, I carried on. So you have to guess the guest. We have a guest, um, a recording of a guest um, on the Graham Norton show, and they, they sound exactly like this. I stayed over at my girlfriend's house. The mother was quite strict about sleeping arrangements. You know, you, you have to sleep in the spare room. And then about <laughs> midnight, her husband came back from the pub, very, very drunk. And clearly this had been a bit of a thing you know, between them, and there was a bit of a sort of a words were had. So he just staggered off and came into the spare room where I was sleeping in the bed and got into bed with me. <laughs> it's easy It's easy when you know it. When you know it, it's easy. I, I didn't know it and then they told me, and I said, well, of course I knew it. Does Colette near Lancaster know who it is? Hello, Colette, come in. Hello, Ricky. Hi, Colette, how are you today? I've, I've gone a little bit flushed, actually, Ricky. I didn't expect to, to get through. Oh. Um, and I'm a little bit shaky, but it's lovely to speak to you. I'm a big fan of the Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, Colette. I'm coming to see you in Liverpool on November the 10th. I'll, I'll be there on November the 10th. What a coincidence. I can't wait. Well, I'll give you a shout-out, Colette, <laughs> at the time. Well, I'll give, I'll give, yeah, I'll give me a shout Of course I will. Of course I'll remember that. I'll, I'll write it in my notes, in my phone. Uh, Colette, are you up to anything good this weekend? Yes. I think. Do you want me to say what I think the mystery voice? No, is no. I want to know. Guess? I want to know if you're having a party this weekend. Well, actually, mm-hmm. what what we're doing? We live in a little village called Pilling. Know it. Uh, my husband's at work at the moment. He drives ambulances, and we saw you on the big thank you tour in mm. Manchester. Cool. So there's been a lot of events here, um, but tonight there's. Uh, uh, last night of the proms night with Pilling Silver Jubilee Band. Lovely. And it's Bring Your Picnic, Have a Good Sing Song. So we're looking forward to that. Well, have a pims for me, will you? Like that. Um, so, I will. So, Colette, it's, it's time now. It's crunch time. Um, have you got a guess for the, um, for the mystery voice? Yeah, I've got a guess. OK. Let, let... I, I guess it's David Baddiel. 
Oh, sorry, Colette. It's not. It's not David oh, Baddiel. Never mind. It's not. Well, it was just. A, it was that night I remember very well. <laughs> I just thought it was him. Well, I must have got my men muddled up. Uh, well, thank you very much for talking to me, and I look forward to seeing you in November, Ricky. It was lovely to speak to you too, Colette. And now you got it wrong. I will definitely give you a shout out, Colette. Right. Uh, going thank you very much now. indeed. See thank you later, Colette. Uh, okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Online. T- oh, she was lovely, wasn't she? I mean, not just because she liked my band. Just because she was lovely. Um, uh, line two, we have Donna from Rotherham. Hello, Donna. Come in, Donna. Hi. Hi, Hi Ricky. Hi. How are you doing, Donna? I'm all right, thank you. Having a good weekend? Uh, yeah. Can't complain. Not not great with the weather, but enjoying no. myself nonetheless. Exactly. I mean, I used to have this pub opposite where I went to a college, and I'd pray for it to rain because it meant that I didn't walk home. We'd go and wait in the pub till it stopped raining. So think of it like that. The rain is an excuse... To stay in a Definitely. pub. Definitely. I was in Leeds on Monday, actually. Were you? Were you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, were you having a good time out, out partying or were you working? Uh, no, I was taking the kids shopping on a shopping trip. So we had a visit to Harvey Nicks and Ooh. didn't buy anything apart from some Fiji water and uh, some gin. But yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, if you're going to have a mixer, water. <laughs> stay hydrated, guys. Um, so, Donna from Rotherham, have you got a guess for the uh, the the guess the guess the guess the guess 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 guess? Have you got? A guess? I have got a guess for guess for guess. Mm-hmm. It is uh, Bill Bailey. <gasps> it is Bill Bailey, Donna. <laughs> Donna from Rotherham, you have won a Waitrose gift box, including a bottle of champagne. So that's Woo-hoo! good. So you'll be uh, that's champagne, water, and gin. Amazing. That's perfect. The diet of champions. <laughs> what a combination. Thank you very much, Donna. You are our winner today. Well done, and uh, and and it was lovely to speak to you. See you later. Are you there? Oh, bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on the Graham Norton Show with Waitrose. And hey, have you clicked that follow button on our socials? If not, you're missing out on all the behind-the-scenes action from the kitchen and the studio. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Speak to you soon. Ricky Wilson on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio.